When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Dr. Brenda Page, a brilliant scientist, was murdered at home in Aberdeen on the 14th of July, 1978. The case was closed after two years, and it became one of Britain's longest-running unsolved murders. I'm journalist Ruth Warrender. I investigated who killed Brenda in a podcast series which launched in 2020. I spoke to her friends and family, and those right at the heart of the original murder case. But just before the third episode dropped, there was a dramatic turn of events. Man has been arrested in connection with the murder of an Aberdeen scientist more than 40 years ago. Nearly 42 years after Brenda's death, police said an arrest had been made. I can confirm that by 8 o'clock this morning, a 79-year-old man was arrested in connection with the murder of Dr Brenda Page. That man was Brenda's former husband, Dr Christopher Harrison. Early in the morning of March 17, 2020, a team of police officers stormed the home Harrison used to share with Brenda in the upmarket west end of Aberdeen and led him out in handcuffs. He was taken to a police station in the city where he was charged with Brenda's murder. Due to the COVID pandemic, trials were delayed and it wasn't until August 2022 that Harrison finally appeared at the High Court in Aberdeen. Okay, so we've just come out of court uh, for the first day of the trial. I can confirm that Dr. Christopher Harrison walked into the courtroom. He was in the dock. So we set eyes on him for the first time, you know, after studying this case for three years. um, To actually see him in the flesh was just quite surreal. He's an elderly man. He's 82 years old. He's so tall. I mean, he was literally standing two metres away from me. He was dressed in a green tweed jacket with a a royal blue shirt and a patterned cravat. And he just stood there blank-faced as the charges were all read out to him. The murder of Brenda assaulting her, forcing entry into her flat on Allen Street and got two breaches of the peace as well. So he has pled not guilty to all five charges. But the trial was discharged after only two days. Okay, so we've just uh, come out of Aberdeen High Court and heard from Dr. Christopher Harrison's lawyer and he's come to the conclusion that he can no longer represent him. At the end of the day, it said that the client and representation counsel relationship had broken down. So it means that there's going to be a pause in this trial. I mean, this could potentially 
be paused for months. After a six-month wait, Harrison was back in court with a new legal team on the 22nd of February 2023, the day before what would have been Brenda's 77th birthday. The jury was sworn in and Harrison showed no sign of emotion as the court clerk read out the charges of murder, assault, breach of the peace and attempting to defeat the ends of justice. He denied all of them at an earlier hearing. The court was told he'd lodged a special defence of alibi, claiming he was at home when the murder took place. Detective Inspector Gary Winter, of Police Scotland's major investigation team, held a press briefing during the trial. Harrison was arrested just weeks before the country went into lockdown as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Following his arrest, officers travelled all over the UK, uh, visiting more than 100 key witnesses to video recorded evidence, many of them elderly witnesses who had last spoken to the police more than 40 years ago. They reaffirmed positions and some also provided information not divulged previously, substantially improving available evidence. COVID restrictions meant the inquiry team had to be extra cautious when interviewing vulnerable witnesses whilst adhering to the guidelines, sometimes video recording in garages or back gardens to capture the evidence that would be fit for court. Since 1978, approximately 4,000 people have been spoken to by the police in connection with Brenda's murder. Throughout the trial, Brenda's sister, her friends and work colleagues appeared in person and via video link. But, believe it or not, the strongest evidence of all came from Brenda. Detective Inspector Gary Winters said the trail she left behind was vital in cracking the case. A difficulty with cold cases can be you don't have some of the modern technology that we would have now in terms of domestic relationships and text messages and WhatsApps and the rest of it, but we do have old-fashioned letters between Brenda and Kit and Brenda and her solicitor and, and many others. The letters to her solicitor revealed the extent of the physical and mental abuse she was suffering. She had been punched in the face repeatedly. She'd been hospitalised with head injuries on a number of occasions. And Harrison had threatened to kill her more than once. Back in 2019, Brenda's sister Rita and her friend Diane told me this. Her hair was parted on another side. And I said, well, I've never seen your hair like that before. And she said, no, look. And she pulled it back and it was... She got a gash on her head. She was making a cup of tea and she made him a cup of tea and took it to him. And then he came into the room and threw the tea over her because he said it was cold. She almost sort of accepted it as if... That happened quite often. She revealed something far more chilling in another letter to her solicitor. So if I do depart this earth rather suddenly, please make sure I get a good PM and that my sister and her boys get any benefit. By PM, she means post-mortem. And this echoes what her friend Jessie told me. Brenda said to me, and I'll never forget these words, she said, Jess, if ever I'm found dead and it looks like suicide, don't believe it. Other witnesses gave evidence saying the exact same thing. 
Brenda had told them to report Harrison to the police if she died in mysterious circumstances. Brenda's sister Rita, who was speaking from her home via video link, told the court that Brenda had sent her a letter to be opened in the event of her death. Rita was to discover that this in fact contained Brenda's will. She knew her life was in danger. There's no doubt about that. All of the evidence painted a picture of a man who displayed eccentric, erratic and violent behaviour. And as one witness, a former friend of the couple said, jealousy also played a major part in Harrison's behaviour. He had called her ranting, saying he was going to kill Brenda because he claimed she'd stolen his research and taken all the credit for it. That chimes with what Jesse told me back in 2019. He didn't like the fact, I think, that Brenda was doing better than him. You know, a lot of men can be like that. He wanted to be, you know, the top dog and he was very volatile, very easy set off. So I don't know how bad he got when he was really set off. And Brenda's former colleague and neighbour, Dr James Douglas, told me this. I think that Brenda in the relationship was the successful starring scientist. And Christopher Harrison, when you look at his research output, was a research failure. And I wonder whether there was an element of, of rage and jealousy about her success. Evidence that was new to me came from a witness who recalled a time when Brenda had fled the matrimonial home and ran to a police station for help. In her statement, the lady said that Brenda had told her Harrison had physically kicked her out of the house. She allegedly had bruises on her legs. The witness said that Brenda told her she was worried if she went back to the house, he would kill her, and she didn't know how to prove she was being ill-treated. It's worth noting that back then, there was almost no help for women experiencing violence at home. There was no specialist laws and little public recognition that such violence happened. Domestic abuse was hidden firmly behind closed doors. From my investigation, I already knew that Harrison could be controlling, threatening and violent. But it was still very hard to hear the extent of the abuse when I was sitting in that courtroom. When forensic scientists working on Brenda's case were called to the stand, I was on the edge of my seat. Back in 2019, I spoke to Tom Nelson, then Director of Forensic Services at the Scottish Police Authority. He told me... We'll look for blood, we'll look for hairs, we'll look for semen, we'll look for any other type of material that potentially could maybe identify someone from their DNA. That's where in cold cases we're not able to look at material that maybe many, many years ago we wouldn't have looked at. Because of the advances of technology, now we know we can get DNA from material we can't even see. We heard that DNA evidence was vital in bringing this case to court. DNA samples taken from Brenda's flat back in 1978 were re-examined using new technology. Scientists discovered that one sperm sample on Brenda's duvet was 590 million times more likely to have come from Harrison than from any other male unrelated to him. The trial heard tiny flecks of paint 
found on Brenda's bedroom window, which had been forced open, matched the green paint on Harrison's car. The Crown Office released footage of police interviewing Harrison when he was arrested in March 2020. He claimed that evidence had been planted by officers investigating Brenda's murder. So a number of paint flecks were recovered from under the point of entry within 13 Allen Street. Examination of these flecks revealed that one of these paint flecks was found to be similar in composition and colour to the control sample taken from your motor car, the green coloured Mini Traveller LVA426E that you drove in 1978. Explain that to me. The police took my car, mm-hmm. and whether the police had scratched my car and left paint residue in Allen Street, I really wouldn't know. But after, after this interview, I wouldn't put anything past them. I really wouldn't. Is that your reason for that, then? I think it's so ridiculous as, as to be completely nonsensical. Where would the paint flicks come from? Your okay. car. Your car. Where? Well, you've said yourself, you've described your car as a dustbin that's fallen to bits. Yes, but where would the paint have come from on my car? It's been taken from your car. And it's much exactly, like it's, it's been taken paint from my car inside by the, the address where she was found brutally murdered. Under the point of entry. Brenda Page. The window that you'd been climbing in and out of. Brenda. Probably for about two years. What absolute nonsense. Did you have sex at 13 Allen Street? No, I didn't. You sure? Absolutely certain. Why are you absolutely certain? I'm divorced at this stage. We're leading our separate lives. Okay, so no physical contact at all? No. You remember the last time you had sex with Brenda? No. You're getting a bit annoyed about that? Fair to say. It's getting fairly personal, isn't it? And uh, <clears throat> I can't answer the things that you're asking me. You're asking me uh, questions that, about a period when I'm a divorced man. It really doesn't make any sense. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A forensic expert told the jury the murder likely prized open her bedroom window with a chisel and lay in wait inside her wardrobe. He also said the killer 
would have worked slowly and deliberately before gaining entry. Now, here's a thing. An old friend of Harrison, who worked as a maintenance person, told the court that Harrison had appeared at his door sometime in the winter of 1976-77, to claiming he'd been locked out of his house. The man told how he showed Harrison how to take a window apart, bit by bit, without breaking the glass. Back in my investigation, I went to the block of flats where Brenda lived, and I was able to see the size of the window. I just couldn't get my head around how someone of Harrison's size would have been able to get through it. However, the court was shown a video of a detective who's a similar height and build to Harrison successfully managing to climb through a replica window. The trial heard Brenda was not at home when her murderer gained access to her flat. A former neighbour of Brenda's and Harrison, now deceased, claimed she spoke to Brenda on the evening before she was murdered. She said Brenda told her Harrison had turned up at her flat earlier that evening and asked her to return home. She said Brenda had told him to get lost. Footage was shown in court of police interviewing a former neighbour who lived above Brenda with his wife. The man, who has since passed away, told detectives that he saw a shadow of someone inside her property on the night of her murder, despite Brenda telling him that she'd be out that night. When I spoke to journalist Graeme Smith in 2019, he told me what he'd heard about where Brenda had been. What I remember is that she went to the Street Ops Hotel, where she had dinner with two men who were almost instantly ruled out of the inquiry, and she spent the evening with them, and it was in the early hours of the morning that she perhaps got back into her car and drove home. We know that Brenda had been working as an escort, and the men she was dining with were businessmen. The receptionist of the Treetops Hotel at the time told the trial she saw Brenda and the two men in the foyer before she clocked off from her late shift, possibly after midnight. The court heard that Brenda's neighbour and work colleagues found her bloodied body in her flat later that day, Friday the 14th of July, 1978. She had suffered at least 20 injuries to her skull and her face, and it was also heard that she had defensive injuries on her hands, including a dislocated finger. Detective Inspector Gary Winter gave an account of Harrison's movements on the morning after Brenda's murder. The timeline that I'll give to you was based on Harrison's evidence, which was elaborate. He claimed he was going back to Edinburgh, thought he was going to be late, so drove to Stonehaven rather than drive to Aberdeen railway station, got a train at Stonehaven, went to Edinburgh, went round the university, bought new shoes, replaced the shoes he was wearing with his new shoes. His old shoes have not been found. He returned to Stonehaven, bought another watch strap in Stonehaven, came back to Aberdeen, was arrested as soon as he arrived there and was uh, told about uh, Brenda's death. He heard the evidence of that and then asked to feed his chickens. Former Detective Inspector Brian Kennedy arrested Harrison back in 1978. He 
did not ask how she had died or where she had died. He, he seemed completely uninterested. We told him that we would be arresting him and taking him to police headquarters for further inquiries. Whereupon he simply asked uh, if he could feed his chickens before he left. How odd. Well, having shown no emotion at all on the mention of his wife's death and then to consider the chickens, I thought it was very strange indeed. It was chilling to hear that Harrison showed more interest in feeding his chickens than Brenda's death. A report was issued to the Crown Office and Procurator Fiscal at the time of her murder. However, they decided there was insufficient evidence to prosecute and Harrison was released from custody. So, what allowed the investigation to progress to trial in 2023, 45 years after Brenda was murdered? We heard Detective Inspector Gary Winter say that key witnesses had provided new information that substantially improved previous circumstantial evidence. DNA profiling wasn't around in 1978, and we heard that new forensic techniques applied to evidence collected from Brenda's flat then was vital in bringing the case to court. But what was critical was the change in police attitudes towards domestic violence against women. Here's Detective Inspector Gary Winter. So, of note in terms of the investigation, how police investigate domestic abuse, domestic homicide has changed significantly. Both police, society in general now have a better understanding of domestic abuse and the full range of behaviours which indicate an abusive relationship, including psychological and emotional behaviours in coercive controlling relationships. The groundbreaking Domestic Abuse Scotland Act 2018 recognises and criminalises coercive and controlling behaviour was based on studies of domestically abusive relationships from the 1970s and 1980s. The very same time, Brenda herself was a victim of domestic abuse. I know from speaking to her friends that her relationship with Harrison was complicated. She had continued to see him after the divorce and after she had taken a restraining order out against him. Brenda had even planned to go to Harrison's graduation ceremony at Edinburgh University just two weeks before she was murdered. But then she found out he had also invited an American girlfriend from his past and their son. D.I. Gary Winter suggests that a letter Brenda sent to Harrison saying she wanted nothing more to do with him may have sealed her fate. What the evidence supports from the letters, in particular some of the ones that were read out today, was she was probably at her most vulnerable position at the time of her murder when she finally sent him a letter saying it was over, which we know from studies, bizarrely enough, in the time period of Brenda's murder, that that is when the victim is at the greatest risk when you finally split. In that final letter to Harrison, Brenda wrote, Well, get on with the lies and storytelling. I want no part of the dishonesty with which you surround your life. Forgive my stupidity. I thought that things would change for us. 
Just get out of my life and stay out. When Harrison took to the stand to defend himself, prosecutor Alex Prentice, QC, accused him of being a Jekyll and Hyde character with a violent temper. Harrison replied that he was a kind and considerate man. Harrison insisted he had never been physically violent towards Brenda and even said she'd began making up stories to try and secure a divorce. He insisted their marriage had been dissolved because of his failure to provide her with children. He claimed he was the victim of domestic abuse, stating that he'd locked himself in his study in fear after Brenda pulled him out of his bed and became violent and angry because she was annoyed that he hadn't brought her breakfast in bed. When asked why his wife had been treated at Edinburgh Royal Infirmary in 1973, he said she'd stumbled over a suitcase after a dizzy spell. The court was shown a letter from Harrison to Brenda in which he stated, I am ashamed of the rages of which you are so afraid. Alex Prentice QC then put to Harrison that he had been following his former wife after finding out about her work as an escort. Well, Kit did not like it one bit. He obviously thought she was playing around. He followed her more than ever. He was very, very angry about it. The prosecutor continued. You accused her of being a prostitute. You flew into an uncontrollable rage. You brutally murdered her. Harrison replied, No, nothing of the kind. He claimed he went to the cinema on the evening of Brenda's murder and returned home at about 10.30. That was his alibi. It took the jury of eight men and seven women less than three hours to return a majority verdict. Harrison was found guilty of the murder of his former wife, Dr Brenda Page. The judge, Lord Richardson, said in sentencing Harrison, From your position at trial, I understand that you continue to deny responsibility for your actions. You show no remorse. Christopher Harrison, having taken account of the whole circumstances of your case, I sentence you to life imprisonment and I impose a punishment part of 20 years. I immediately looked at Brenda's nephew, Chris, who was fighting back tears. Relief. Justice after nearly 45 years. I'm just so delighted for them. The man they knew took Brenda's life, who stalked her, physically abused her and violently killed her, is finally going to be jailed. He showed no emotion as he was led away from the dock in handcuffs. And, as Judge Lord Richardson pointed out, not a shred of remorse. Right, so um, I'm with all of the press. We're all waiting outside the court as we're told that Brenda's nephew, Chris, is going to be making a statement um, on behalf of his whole family. As you can imagine, we as a family are absolutely delighted with the verdict of today's trial. Brenda's murder nearly 45 years ago at the incredibly young age of 32 has affected the family 
and so many of our friends, work colleagues, and of course, Big Scott. Not, not a day goes by when we don't think about Brenda and the horrendous ordeal she must have suffered that night. Brenda was an extremely kind, intelligent woman with her whole life ahead of her. It hurts us to think of the great things she would have undoubtedly achieved. 45 years is a long time to be at liberty, whilst the family have endured such a tragedy, sadness and loss. Reliving these events over and over again, each time Brenda's case was reinvestigated or publicised in the media was difficult to say the least. It is a great sadness that some of our family and friends are no longer with us to see this day, but we are delighted that my mum, Brenda's sister, has finally seen Christopher Harrison found guilty of the brutal crime she was knew he committed. Hello. Hi there, Vita. It's Ruth. Hello, Ruth. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very relieved. Finally got what he deserved, but she's not coming back, but at least you feel he hasn't uh, got away with it. July the 14th, 2023 is the 45th anniversary of Brenda's murder. It took nearly half a century to convict her killer, her ex-husband, Christopher Harrison. He was 82 when he was sentenced. Brenda was just 32 when he murdered her. Dr. Brenda Page was the principal cytogeneticist at the University of Aberdeen. And it's fitting that DNA evidence was significant in solving her murder, given her pioneering work in genetics. I'd like to thank Brenda's family and friends for their help and support with this podcast. They all talked about Brenda's warm personality and her kindness. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this episode, call the National Domestic Abuse Helpline on 0808 2000 247. You can also find information on where to go for help on the Women's Aid website at womensaid.org.uk. Murder in the Granite City was presented by me, Ruth Warrender, and produced by Jill Davis. Sound design was by Sean Kerwin and the music was composed and performed by David Hearn. It's a news broadcasting production for the Scottish Sun.